Voyage. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I'm Christine Turner Jackson, and my father, Benjamin Turner, overcame racism absent parents, and the tragic deaths of both his grandfather and his best friend to find his path and lead his baseball team to the city championship. So, Benny had the unique situation of living with his grandfather. His mom was a teenage mother and his dad a teenage father. They were both 14 when he was born. They were unable to take care of him, so his mom's dad took care of him and he lived with him for quite a while. He was an older gentleman and he lived a modest life, but Benny came to love him very, very deeply. His mom, however, wanted to live her life and his dad didn't really have a relationship with him either. Now, Benny referred to his grandfather affectionately as Pop Pop. And Pop Pop became a very big part of Benny's world. He was, after all, someone who loved him, took good care of him, and instilled a lot of good values, including a love for baseball. Now, Pop Pop's house was very small. It was a wooden, almost like a wooden shack. And of course, there was outdoor plumbing. There was no indoor bathroom and they had lots of chickens running around in their yard. It was almost like a farm environment in the city of DC. And Pop Pop really did um, have electricity at one point and running water, unlike many of his other neighbors. So his house was actually considered one of the better ones in the Southwest neighborhood. And Pop Pop was very respected in his neighborhood he could fry some chickens so a lot of those chickens running around became very good fried chicken dinners on sundays so benny lived with pop pop and he was quite an older man he was in his 80s and it became very obvious to the school that pop pop could not take care of benny he was a growing teenager living in the city and he would no longer be able to take good care of him the way he needed to be taken care of and have the oversight that he needed. So the school nurse actually wrote a letter indicating that Benny would have to find somewhere else to live. And that meant he had to leave Pop Pop. Dear Mr. Turner, I have become very concerned with the home situation of your grandson, Benjamin Turner, which seems to lack the necessary adult supervision for a young man his age. Serious consideration needs to be given to removing him from a potentially detrimental environment and placing him with a family member who is better able to properly take care of him. Social services have begun the process of seeking a family member or foster family who can assist in providing supervision for your grandson during your illness. Why can't I stay with Pop-Pop? He loves me. Benny 
actually wound up having to go live with Unc. And Unc was one of his mom's older brothers. He lived in a totally different neighborhood from Papa. And he was considered one of the educated black men of the day. He was actually a school principal in DC. But Benny did not want to live with Unc because Unc, as he became aware, had lots of roles and he would not have the flexibility to hang out as he did at Pop Pop's house. And as he realized, his grandfather was getting older and more sickly. As a matter of fact, Pop Pop was really no more than a little bag of bones lying under a blanket every day. He barely had the strength to even speak and his body was really deteriorating, but his mind was still very strong and sharp. Come here, Benny. Sit here. I know the people at the school told you that you're gonna have to live with Duncan. I know you're upset about having to leave here, but you know how much I love you now, don't you? Yes, sir. You know that if I couldn't let you stay here, I would. I'm not as spry as I used to be, and I can't keep up with you like I should. Having you here has been a gift. Do you remember when I taught you how to pitch a fastball over on Greenleaf Ball Field? One of the best memories of my life. But my baseball days are over and I can't teach you anymore. But who's gonna take care of you, Pop Pop? Don't worry about me, son. It ain't fair. <laughs> ain't nothing fair in this world, son. Being black. Being an old man or being a smart boy like yourself with no mom and daddy around to take care of you. You practiced hard to become one of the best pitchers in the league, and I'm proud of you. You never let things get to you, and I don't want you to start now. I've lived a long and happy life. I need to make sure you have a happy life too. I know things with your mom ain't that good right now. But Unc knows what you need to get into the books and get ready for high school next year. You're about to be a man, Benjamin. I... I didn't think about that. Just remember to listen to what Unc tells you. He's a good man. Don't you ever forget that you got everything you need. Promise to do your best. No matter what happens. I promise. Benny had the worst sense of sadness as he left Pop Pop's house and had to get into Unc's car. He really resisted having to leave Pop Pop by himself. And he almost wished that he could just run back and stay regardless of what anyone else said. Unc began to drive away and all Benny could think about was that he hated leaving Pop Pop by himself. He loved Pop Pop. As soon as they pull up to Unc's house, Benny realizes that things are going to be drastically different. They have white picket fences in this neighborhood. There's actually grass in the front yard. And Unc's door has a very fancy handle. As he walks into Unc's house, it's very neat. Everything is in its place. And the only thing that Benny can think about is that he's gonna to have to conform to a totally different way of life 
He can't throw things around. He has to hang everything up. Everything has to be put in its place. And he started worrying about Pop-Pop all over again. Could he run back? Could he escape and go back to Pop-Pop's? But that was not going to happen. Two weeks later, Pop-Pop is dead. Unc and Benny go to the funeral. And in the church, they see Benny's mother's there crying her eyes out. But as usual, her plan is not to take care of Benny. It's his final time to say goodbye to the man he knew as his dad who raised him. And his heart just sinks. I can't believe you're gone, Papa. You taught me how to pitch a fastball. <laughs> Your famous curveball. Went to bunt. Heck. Everything I know about baseball. You encouraged me when I had bad days. Like that time I gave up two runs that cost Banneker the game. Everyone was mad and I was so upset. I wanted to give up on pitching. But you wouldn't let me. Now I will never forget you. I'm a man now. Pop up, just like you said. And I'm going to make you proud. After the funeral, Benny had to adjust to a life at Unk's house. And it was very different than Pop Pop's. As a matter of fact, Benny had a very strict schedule to stick to. And it was focused on education. He had to get his schoolwork done and there was very little time to go out and play ball. He had to be in the house at a certain time, and he really was able to go outside because he had to get his schoolwork done every day, in addition to his chores. That freedom that he enjoyed at Pop Pops wasn't there anymore. He was at Unc's, and Unc made it very clear that he would have responsibilities to take care of his house and his chores and his schoolwork. He missed Pop Pop deeply. Benny finally has an opportunity to hang out in the neighborhood and take a break from some of his schoolwork and chores. He meets some of the neighborhood boys and they recognize him as one of those good players they played against and lost against in boys club. Benny wants to play against them now, but he realizes Teddy's going to be visiting and he has to make sure they're going to include him in the game. Hey, where's Normandy's corner store? Gone. Gone? Yep, just like all of the houses and stores that used to be on P Street and First Street. Seems the government decided it was time to uh, revitalize Southwest, instead of leaving it full of run-down buildings with poor people occupying them. Revitalize? Run down? You mean they tore down our neighborhood? Yeah. Hey, there's your buddy waiting. Teddy! Benny and Teddy are so excited to be back together again. And Teddy even tells Benny he may be moving 
close to his neighborhood when his dad gets his new job. They just talk and talk and talk all night long about all the neighbors who've moved, how the neighborhood has changed, and really about the fact that things have changed a lot since Benny left Pop Pop's house. Teddy can't help but talk about how much he and his parents are excited about moving to the new neighborhood. But then Benny has a little bit of sadness because he realizes that Teddy has parents to raise him and that he can talk to them and eat dinner with them every day. Even though he's grateful to have a place to stay with Unc, he would love to have a family like Teddy's. When the boys get up the next morning, they're thrilled to see a note from Unc. Benny, I've gone to a meeting at the church. Make sure you and Teddy eat a bowl of cereal before you go outside, and don't forget to lock the door. I expect to see Teddy and you in the neighborhood when I return this afternoon. Wow! Teddy, we have the whole day to do what we want. Come on, let's go play some baseball. On the way to the playground, Benny has an idea that they can go over the bridge to the white neighborhood to see how they play ball. Teddy was enthusiastic about the idea, but he was a little apprehensive too because he knew this was going against the rules. But he was going to go wherever Benny was going to go, and they were going to take a risk. Guys, I figure Teddy is visiting this weekend, and we have a whole day to hang out without my uncle breathing down our necks. So I'm thinking we can take a little trip across the bridge to check out those white cats in Barry Farms. When Benny told the neighborhood boys about his idea of going over to the white neighborhood, they thought he was crazy. But at the same time, they were a little excited, too. After a while, they were all convinced that they were going to try and go along with him and see what was on the other side of the bridge. They want to see just how these other guys on the other side of the bridge play ball, too. And they know they have much better equipment and playing fields than they have. So they're excited at the same time they're a little worried. Dang, they don't look like they're enjoying what they're doing at all. Before they knew it, they were being approached by a group of white teens, accusing them of coming to steal their baseball equipment. They were denying that they even wanted any of the equipment. They were there to really observe the practice. But these teens became aggressive and continued to accuse them and threaten them. And before they knew it, they were being attacked and had to run for their lives. But Teddy was unable to get away. And they beat him until... He couldn't move. Teddy, you all right? I told you to stay close. Teddy, please breathe. Please breathe. The Spartan coaches came running when they saw what was going on and they called for an ambulance. The boys ran away. But all Benny could think about was what Pop-Pop had said to him. You make choices in life that aren't always the best. 
but you have to live with the consequences nonetheless. Biddy knew that today he made one of his worst choices. When Unc comes home, he finds Benny in his room, devastated. Boys, Benny, where's Teddy? What in the world? Does something happen with those boys down the street? I made a big mistake today, Unc. We went to watch the white team practice. Are you telling me that you went across the bridge to Berry Farms? Yes, sir. That's exactly what we did. I knew it was a bad idea once we started walking toward the bridge. I told Teddy we could make up a story to the guys and turn back, but he didn't want to. We were watching the team from the woods when a group of crazy white boys came up behind us and talking trash and accusing us of trying to steal the team's equipment. <laughs> we tried to tell them we didn't want trouble, but they just wouldn't listen. <laughs> we ran, but <laughs> they caught Teddy. <laughs> was very disappointed in Benny for doing something so reckless and foolish, something that resulted in the death of his best friend. Nobody felt worse than Benny in the whole church. Teddy's little coffin sat there as the organ played, and the sense of sadness just pressed on Benny's chest. He could barely breathe. The sobbing, the tears, the whole atmosphere was just sad. And Benny could only think that this was his fault and he felt terrible. His best friend was dead. Teddy's father tells Benny not to blame himself and Unc does his best to comfort a devastated Benny. It's all right, son. Teddy is in a much better place now. He's going to keep Pop-Pop company until you eventually get there. The summer seemed to drag on, and Benny just felt terrible. Pop-Pop was gone. Teddy was gone. And he just didn't feel like doing anything, not even playing ball. And he loved playing baseball. The heat from the sun just made him feel like he wanted to disappear, even evaporate sitting on Unc's porch. Unc is very worried about Benny, but he can't seem to do anything to make it better until an unexpected surprise changes things. Son, why don't you go on outside and play ball with your friends? You know you need to practice your spiral pitch. 
You're going to turn into a sack of bones lying in this room every day. You have to think about the future. Pretty soon you'll be starting high school. Now, you know I'll be taking a trip to Europe in a few weeks as part of that principal exchange program I told you about. So I've been talking to your Uncle Bump about you staying with him for a while until I get back. Live with Uncle Bump? Yeah, I think it may be good for both of you. But it'll only be for eight months. I like that idea, Unc. I'd love to live with Uncle Bump. Now remember, this won't be a permanent living arrangement. Uncle Bump will have to slow down a bit to make sure you're getting your books and staying out of trouble. Don't worry, I will. Benny's life at Uncle Bump's is almost a breath of fresh air in comparison to Unc's neighborhood. It's lots of excitement, lots of kids playing in the street, just so much activity and excitement. And Unc's apartment is pretty cool, too. After all, he is a single man, and he loves playing ball. So Benny has a new excitement about playing baseball again because that's what Uncle Bump does. He's a baseball player, and he loves hanging out with Unc. He's one of the cool uncles. Uncle Bump is a successful player in the Negro Leagues, and he realizes that Benny has a little bit of talent so he coaches him, and he develops that baseball talent that Benny has. Benny has a spark in his eye when he realizes that Hattie B. from the old neighborhood lives near Uncle Bump, and they're actually going to be going to the same high school in the fall. Dear Unc, thanks for the letter and the pictures. Europe sounds great. I hope you're having a good time there. Things here are fine. Uncle Bump has been coaching me, teaching me how to size up a batter, and he thinks I have real talent. Uncle Bump is amazing. You should see what a good player he is and how much people like him. He said Pop-Pop taught me well. I'm glad he thinks so. All I really want to do is make Pop-Pop proud. Well, I decided to try out for the Cardozo Clerks baseball team. Coach seems like a real bulldog, but he knows what he wants. I was terrified, but I kept remembering how excited Pop-Pop was when Jackie Robinson hit that first home run when no one believed he could. Pop-Pop told me I had what it took inside to make things turn out fair. And I just went for it. I struck out Mo Bolden, the team's star hitter. Coach was impressed, and when he realized I was related to Uncle Bump and Pop-Pop, he said, I have the Turner gift. <laughs> By the time you get this letter, I'll know whether I've made the team. I don't want to jinx it, but I have a good feeling. Oh, one other good thing. Hattie B. from the old neighborhood moved near here. We're going to be going to Cardozo together. <laughs> anyway, I have to go. Uncle Bump just got home, and I have to tell him how it went. Take care. Love, Benny. Benny begins to flourish as he starts high school. Not only is he developing his baseball game, but he's developing friendships and he's doing really well with his academics. He's also developing quite a liking for Hattie B. He gets his work done. He gets the practice in. 
He's starting to balance life and feel good about himself. He is our Cardoza clerk, and he is a good baseball player. Benny is developing a strong liking for Hattie B, but it's also starting to disrupt his baseball game, and he's getting a little sloppy with his pitching. The clerk's baseball coach informs Benny that he's going to have to make a serious decision about his baseball playing or his relationship with Hattie B. And this is a strong choice he has to make. Benny winds up getting Cardoza to the championship game against Dunbar. And that also means he'll be pitching against his arch rival, Arthur. Nothing could be better than this rivalry, which has gone on for years. And most times, Cardoza never won. But this time, with Benny pitching, they have a good chance. So the excitement is building, and Arthur's feelings against Benny are also growing. He cannot stand pitching against Benny Turner. Unc, Uncle Bunk, and even Hattie B are there to watch Benny play in the championship game. Strike three, you're out! The excitement in the stadium was growing as people saw the clerks about to win a championship game. Benny had struck out three batters in a row and Arthur was getting more and more irritated because his pitching was not the best. As a matter of fact, he argued with a lot of the umpire's calls and he stunned the crowd when he questioned the umpire, but it didn't help. Arthur finally storms off the field and he leaves his team in a lurch. They do their best, but they are no match for Benny. He is focused and he's determined the Cardoza clerks are gonna win this game. Benny leads the team to the city championship and they win. I'm proud of you, son. Benny, I know you have to go talk to the reporters, but you have to know how excited we are for you. City champions. Boy, you played an amazing game. I wouldn't have made it here without you two. I love you. It was Benny's loving family that helped him overcome tragedy, insecurity, and despair. He was that shy and insecure child that became a young man with a bright future. And there's more of his story to tell. Hope Lives Here is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by Nat Mundell, Robert Midas, and Dan Benamore. This episode, Pitch Black, was written, directed, and produced by Denise Carlson. Based on the book Pitch Black by Christine Turner Jackson, which is available from her website, christinethewriter.com. You can find that link in the show notes. Edited by Thomas Culleton. Original music by Derlis Gonzalez. Starring Kareem Ferguson as Benny and Peter Lawson-Jones as Unc and Papa. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening. And subscribe now for future episodes.